This is Wolves Weekly. With Mikey Burrows. Featuring the biggest names from past and present. All the teams, all the talking points. Hello there, I'm Mikey Burrows. Welcome to the final regular episode of Wolves Weekly of the season. We will be bringing you plenty of special episodes looking back at the seasons for Wolves women and our academy and development teams, plus some feature-length interviews with some of our men's first-team players throughout the summer. But in this final episode of the regular season, we're joined by Lee Naylor, Richard Stearman and Kevin Foley to discuss the men's first-team season, the impact that Julian Lopetegui made arriving midway through, why freak results may become more common in the future, and reasons to be optimistic looking ahead. First of all, here's Lena. Yeah, got out of jail, I thought. Obviously, Lopetegui came in, found it very difficult at start to start with. But then, for me, as I've said before, the Chelsea game where he found that formation and he found a way of playing that got him results. And then from then in, our home results literally kept us in there. Because it, it's an odd one, Kevin Foley, in terms of at the start of the season, I guess people would have hoped for more. When you restart after the World Cup and you're rock bottom of the Premier League, it kind of feels like a real success. And yet, that's a strange balance. Look, if, if you had said where Wolves would finish the season... You know, when he came in, you would you would probably never believe that. So, in terms of that, being able to come in, make an impact, get results, like now says, some good home results. Yeah, towards the end of the season, there was a few iffy away results, but on the whole, you've got to say what a job what a job he's done, largely with the group of players that that he took over with. He's had a fantastic impact, and and you know, Wolves finish where they deserve to finish. Richard Stearman, how, how do you think the players will view it, having gone through what they've gone through this season and a, a change of head coach along the way? Will they see it as a success to have got to 13? I think ultimately they'll they'll be relieved that they've, you know, there's, there's not ultimately been a failure, um, that they've retained their status as a Premier League team. They can rebuild, recruit, go again next season. I think for a while it was obviously looking a bit scary. Um, look at the the final table and a couple of big teams have gone down and, and that could have been Wolverhampton at one point and you know the boys um, with the manager at the helm sort of turn it round and put some results together and, and it, it looks quite comfortable now but um, you know it was scary for a while. Is it, this is for all three of you. Look you all played in, in ultimately unsuccessful teams in the Premier League for Wolves. Obviously Foles and Steers you had a couple of seasons where you survived but you were up against it in those seasons. Do you think, in a strange way, we kind of underestimate, actually, what it is to just have a mid-table type finish in it? I think, certainly, probably for our team, myself and Foles, survival was the the goal. Now, Wolves has come on leaps and bounds since myself and Foles were, were a part of the first team, and I think the targets maybe have shifted a little bit. Um, but, 
first of all, survival and retaining your Premier League status should be the number one goal. And then you go from there. It's probably not what Wolves fans uh, aim for or want to hear, but they've got another crack at it next season. They've got a chance to to bring in some players. Hopefully, Lopetegui will, will hang around and he'll be the one uh, sort of driving that recruitment and, and can make it a little bit more comfortable next time round. Obviously, my team... We didn't prepare right for that season at all. I don't think we went into that season with the right tools, with the right mentality. So we were underprepared totally. Uh, I thought Steers and Foles, their team were were very successful. Uh, and I, I thought them retaining their Premier League status at that time, I thought it was a massive, massive achievement. As Steers said, like the goalposts, have, they have moved now. So... When you're being paid the amount of money you're being paid as a football player and the levels of the football player that's coming into the club, fans expect mid-table at least. For me and Steers in that era, even though we we you know we stayed up the first season, I think we might have finished fifteenth. We 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 managed to stay up the second season. We didn't have the heavy investment, so every year our goal pretty much was. I know we'd say we want to finish higher than last year, but. Really, if we were if we were surviving by the end of the season, then that was our goal. Um, unfortunately, the third season took its toll, um, and, and ultimately we got relegated. Um, so it was tough. But I think, like like um, Nell says, you know, the first year did feel successful. Second year, you're feeling oh, you you feel like you've underachieved because you've stayed up on the last day. But really, it's a success because of the way the team were, the investment that maybe we lacked. Um, so, yeah, but I, I do feel like when Nuno came in and, and Wolves had that upward trajectory, um, you know, they, they've sort of gone like that and it, maybe they've gone down a little bit. But look, they're, they're still Premier League team and that's an achievement in itself. You know, they've kept going, they've kept going. It, it looked tough this year, but they've, they've bounced back. Um, and who knows, you know, a fresh season again. Um, hopefully Wolves can um, get back to where they were a couple of years ago. Because that's the thing, isn't it, Foles? It's it's how they respond now. And it felt a little bit, I was chatting with Tomo about this during the game that uh, Arsenal, that um, it felt that they drifted towards the end of last season and that kind of went through pre-season. And because for one reason or another, they didn't make their signings until season had already really kicked off. And it just kind of felt as if we were drifting as a football club a little bit. And so it kind of comes to how important is it that um, they put beyond them that resort at Arsenal first and foremost and just get themselves right from the off next season. They've had a few iffy results, but look, they're probably allowed that because of how well they've finished the season. It's the hardest league. I know people go on about it, but it is the hardest league. Look at the quality. Look at Man City, you know, when they put out a reserve team. And look at look at Man United. Look at Arsenal. Look at Newcastle. Look at all these players that they have, the squad that they have, the depth that they have. So Wolves are, are coming up against these teams week in, week out. Uh, and, and fans' expectations levels are a little bit higher every year. Sooner or later, that might catch up with them. But then it's it's how they react from that. So they've had a mini, mini wobble halfway through the season. You know, they'll get to go again and hopefully make some signings, maybe get rid of a few players uh, and then just be, be, be a fresh team again. Look, Wolves are a massive club and I, I'm really looking forward to see see what they do next season. You know, hopefully, like Nell says, you know, if the manager just stays on, 
you know, because what he's done from from halfway through the season to now has been remarkable, really. Steers, does it matter how you finish a season going into another one? When when they kick off in August, will anything they've done in, in April and May play any factor? I mean, essentially, no, that was a point. But in terms of confidence, feel-good factor around the club, around the city, whether or not a manager's under pressure or not, if he gets off to a bad start from rollover from last season. Now, the fact that Wolves have, have kind of finished quite well serve as some optimism around the team and around the club that they can they can build, they can get a couple more players in, recruit well, maybe shift a few out and then sort of attack the start of the season. It feels like there's a lot of questions, Lee Naylor, at the minute. We still kind of don't quite know what the formation is and who the team is going to be built around. No, um, that's a tough one. I think I think the manager's sort of trying to address that at the moment. I mean, it's so important to get your pre-season right, to get your signings, to get your targets. It's so important because you don't want really to go on into another season unprepared like we did last pre-season because, you know, we, we felt it then. Now, the manager needs a bit of clarity on what, on what, the, what the fair play rules are what we've got to spend, who we've got to sell, what personnel can we get in. All these are massive factors into, into what sort of season we're going to have next next season. But it does feel like, and I'm interested in all three of your thoughts on this, in terms of kind of coming to the end of a cycle and, and whether that's genuinely a thing. You know, Teams that you've played in, when you feel like that people need a change. And it's not necessarily that, people are necessarily completely underperforming or anything. It's just that sometimes as a footballer, you may feel like you need fresh surroundings or a fresh challenge. And and whether you get to a stage as a group when it feels like you just need, it needs to be freshened up. I don't know whether that's that's a, a fair assessment, whether that actually happens in a, in a group of footballers or not. I think, I think that's a fair assessment. I think... It wasn't isn't Sir Alex Ferguson famous for doing that? You know, just when they think things are going well, he'll just clear a few names out, a few good players. That's what he'd done over the years. And he would just freshen it up and keep everyone on their toes. Yeah, I've been part of teams where you sort of look around and it's all the same faces and you think, all right, you know, maybe maybe we've been here too long or et cetera. You know, that's probably what happened at Wolves when we had a couple of relegations. But I suppose it's down to you finding another club, the manager telling you that he doesn't want you. These are all things that the manager has to make decisions on and the club have to make decisions on. And um, it probably does feel like that's probably about to happen now at Wolves. You know, you look at a, a few of the players that have been there quite a long time. There's talk of players moving on to, 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 to bigger clubs. There's talk of players maybe that have been on the fringes for a while. Um, moving on as well uh, and I always felt as a player that you know when when a fresh player came in or someone for your position it just gave you that little bit of a boost right I need to do well here rather than oh I know what this player can and can't do you know I know what I can do compared to this player so I, I do think probably it's it's probably time where you probably need to freshen a few faces and, and, and do that Yeah I think teams can sometimes just quite naturally come to the end of a cycle that Wolves lost, you know, several probably key players in the room over the last year or so, Connor Cody, John Ruddy, Romain Saiz, people like this, Dendonka, and 
and it kind of feels like the other half of that team may be, be on the verge of leaving. And it, it, yeah, listen, I was at Wolves for a long time and I, I loved it. I didn't feel like I, you know, I needed to leave to, to further my challenge or whatever it might be. But for some players, maybe foreign lads that, you know, they want to go to a different country, maybe the same messages aren't quite as inspiring anymore. Um, maybe players are, players are looking up potentially. I don't know. It, it, every player is different. Every team is different. And it, it does feel like this team's maybe coming towards the end of, a, end of an era, end of a cycle. Because I really wanted your views on this, Diz, because obviously you were the one who kind of, you and Dave Edwards stayed when everybody else kind of went after the relegations. And they so were the good eggs. They were the good eggs. Whether, so you you have that unique perspective of kind of, as I say, seeing probably really good mates, right? Who, who leave the dressing room and a whole new group of people come in, but then become your mates along the way. Yeah, I think you know, foals and nails. I tell you, there's there's rarely, um, you know, any any bad people in football. I've, I've been lucky enough to make friends with virtually everyone that I've, I've played with. So, yeah, it's it's difficult seeing friends leave, but it's the profession, it's the industry we're in, and it's a, it's a revolving door almost at times. And um, you know, sometimes a, a, a club is in need of, of freshening up. Um, every season, players will come and go, and that's just like I say, it's the industry we're in. And yeah, going back to my time. Like like Neil says, myself, Edo, um, you know, a few others sort of stayed and and carried on at Wolves, um, you know, which we were delighted to do to try and get the club back to to where we thought it belonged, and uh, felt that we owed it to the to the team and to the club to to you know try and get promoted again. Question uh, that we had in for, and again, all three of you, really interesting your thoughts on this. Now, as you can go first this time, this has been a season where Wolves lost five nil at Arsenal. 6-0 at Brighton in the last couple of weeks. A season where Man United lost 7-0, was it, at Liverpool and got thrashed at Brentford. Bournemouth got beat by nine um, and then managed to stay up. Do, the, do those kind of scores make any difference as players anymore? Are we just accepting that these kind of freak results can happen more often than we anticipate? It's horrible when it happens to you. I know that. But when you've got the likes of Man City and, and your Arsenal now that are playing football to the levels that they're playing, if they have a good day, then it's going to happen. It's just going to happen. And there's nothing you can do about it. Despite all the effort and all the organisation and and uh, the players you put in, there's just, sometimes there's just nothing you can do about it. you just got to let those fly and, and then carry on with the results that, you know, that do matter, the team that that you should be getting points against matters. But that's going to happen. That's going to happen every season. It's, it's happened every season since the Premier League's begun existence. Um, so, you know, I, I just think that if you concentrate on what you've done well, what got your success, and with a few changes here and there, we could, we, we could have a good season next season. This is the point, right? That they may have conceded six at Brighton, but then they beat Villa in the very next game, won a derby match and a match that ultimately made them safe. So did, did whether they lost two, three or six, did it make any difference in the grand scheme of things? Well, obviously not. And like you said, there's, there has been several freak results this season. 
as Nails alluded to, the, the standard of player in the Premier League now has gone to the days where the top four or the top six can attract the best players in the world. Because of the sums of the money in the Premier League, the quality goes all the way down, all the way down to Southampton. You had plenty of players in the World Cup from Southampton. And, and if you don't turn up on a day, it's not going to be ones and twos. It's going to be six, seven, eight, um, especially especially from those elite, elite boys. So, yeah, you, you need to have more good days than bad. Uh, ultimately, Wolves getting six by Brighton, they could have got beaten 15 as long as if they won the next couple of games, they beat Villa and they stayed up. So, as long as if you get the the points you need, then the odd freak result here and there doesn't hurt you too much. Have they made the goalpost bigger? <laughs> <laughs> I, if, if I was on the losing team, I'd be like, yeah, there was a new rule come out and they've made the, the goals three foot wider and two foot higher. <laughs> no, but seriously, um, sometimes football just don't make sense. You know, when you come off the back of a hiding like that and then the, the next week you put in a great display and you win, it just doesn't make sense. You've seen Brighton, the likes of Brighton. This when they click, they're as good as Man City, you know, in the league. And obviously against Wolves, they they just just blitz them. It hurts your pride, certainly. It hurt hurt the fans' pride. Hurts you as a player. I've been on the end of them a few times. Hurts your pride. You know, you can say, oh, you, you, you one nil and five nil. You you're still getting zero points, but when you concede in five and six, it, it hurts your pride. And but obviously, Wolves responded really well to that. Brighton game and um, let's hope they can respond really well to that Arsenal game seeing as it was the last game of the season so that when they come back round for the first game they're ready Yeah it's a long time and it just kind of stew on <laughs> that result yeah. uh, this is a maybe one of the most difficult questions we could ever ask but it's one that's been raised by an awful lot of people Should Nile get his boots back on? <laughs> no, no one's no one's asking that question. No, stay away. Not 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 even your biggest supporters on Match Day Live are asking that question. How do they start scoring more goals? This is the lowest in the, in our Premier League era going back to 03-04. This was the lowest amount of goals that we'd scored in a season. How do they even begin to change that statistic? If I had the answers, we'd be we'd all be Premier League managers now. <laughs> Jeez, um, it's, it's is it a question of formation? Is it a question of attacking intent? It's getting your team to click, and I think when Jimenez had his best scoring season, he had a partnership with Kyle that just clicked on you know several occasions again where. Things fell for him, and he was making his own chances as well. It's tough, isn't it? It's a hard, who's got the answer to that, Mikey? Geez, what a question that is! I'm hoping one of Kevin Foley or Richard Steer might have the answer to it. Well, you know what? I think it's first and foremost the manager probably comes in, and it's a mentality to be solid. I always think that you know, if you're losing, you're struggling, you're at the bottom. You've got first and foremost be solid, find a good base, and obviously they were able to do that. You know, Nick games one nil, whatever it might be. But then the big one is how do you balance that with, yeah, being solid at the back, but then being able to be a threat going forward. You know, it's a mix of the tactics, the type of players you've got. I think back to Wolves when they had their best time. Matt, think of Matt Doherty down the sides, right right wing back, running forward, making runs off the ball. How many goals did he create? How many chances did he create? So a lot of it is to do with the players as well. You know, that's where having a full pre-season having some friendlies, getting new ideas, 
nowadays, you know, with the amount of games there are, there's, you, you play, you recover, you prepare for the next game. There's not, a, there's not a great deal of time to get out on the pitch and do your things. Foles has probably nailed it there. Pre-season is going to be key. Uh, recruiting well, settling on the formation, settling on, you know, a few different tactics, how they're going to play. Are we going to be expansive? Are we going to play through the lines? Are we going to be counter-attacking again? Um, and really try and nail it down in with with the new new players um, and, and try and go from there, really. And I guess just to, to kind of wrap this up, Lee Naley, you've watched an awful lot of us alongside us uh, at many games and others as well. There have been some good recruits that came in, Craig Dawson especially, yeah. made a, a big difference. And so the... There should be hope, right? That if they can yeah. get, if they can repeat that sort of business, whatever happens in the summer, and they have a full preseason with the head coach, that they can move on. Yeah, I mean, at the time, he he was an amazing signing. I thought it was a great signing. Even though I thought Collins started the season really good, I thought he was a bit unlucky. At, at the time, I thought he was a bit unlucky. But looking back, it was the right decision. Dawson came in and I just thought it was an amazing signing, especially for the morning ball. What, what we got him at, his experience, uh, filling the void of Cody. So I thought that was that was the right business. Going forward, I think we have to go again. Like If we want to get to the levels where you know all fans want to see and the club want to be at, you have to go again. You have to go and recruit again. You have to go and get these young, hungry, talented players that are good enough to play and go and do it in the Premier League. That's a massive job. That's a massive undertaking from the recruitment side. And I'm sure they're, they're getting well, in, well stuck into that. But for me, nailing down the manager and making him feel comfortable is, is, is more important than anything at the moment. Yeah, there's a lot to be said for signing experienced centre-halves. I mean, I don't know if anyone knows of one who's available, maybe. Who, Oi! Who, who, could, <laughs> who could come in and, and, you know, third spell, maybe, who knows? <laughs> Like mid-30s, mid-30s, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of those wily old characters that's just knows the game inside out. Some cat who gets that dressing room going, yeah. I know one or two of them. Ah, steer man, steer man. (laughs) Love it, lads. Just final point, Kev Foley. Next season, obviously, um, Luton, a club that's very close to your heart, and obviously a, a, a guy in charge of them who we all know really well and all delighted for in Rob Edwards. Um, the likes of Brentford and Bournemouth and others. Um, it's it's really interesting, right? Because there's yeah. some kind of lesser established names in there that will all be fighting for it. And if anything, this season has shown us that the league is quite even uh, across the way. There were half the teams were in relegation trouble with about eight games to go. It, it could be the same again. Oh, honestly, I'm I'm absolutely delighted for Rob. Like we all know Rob and what a great guy he is, and the fantastic job he's done since he's got into coaching through Wolves, you know, England, you've set up Forest Green and now Luton. It's just a dream come true. I was at the final and and the scenes were terrific. I was down in Luton earlier today for the celebrations, and the place is wild. It's it's hard to believe that Luton Town in the Premier League. But what I'm really looking forward to is. Seeing Man City, seeing Man United, seeing Arsenal play on Kenilworth Road because we've all played there. I've played there as a home player and an away player, and it's it's a tough place to go and play. 
And I, I, I do believe that Luton will will get points at home. They'll get a lot of points at home. They'll 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 stand up to the teams with Robin Charge. I think they I think they they've got the potential to have a really really good season. We've we've seen it down the last few years with the likes of Brighton, Brentford. So anything is possible. And I'm I'm actually glad they're not leaving Kenilworth Road just yet because I think it's just what Luton need. Kenilworth Road, yeah. Premier League football. Um, because if they were going into a premier, a brand new stadium for next season, you'd be thinking, I think they'd have lesser of a chance. But I think it's what it's about, right, Steers? Because look, when we first got promoted those five years ago, and nobody pr- would have predicted that we'd get to seventh place finishes, an FA Cup semi final, Europa League quarter final. That's what the dream is all about. And, of course. And from, a, from a Wolves point of view, we've got to believe we can get to that again. Yeah, of course. It's why we love football. It's why we're addicted to it. It's the unpredictability week in, week out. Who would have thought that Luton Town would be a Premier League team next season? I can't wait to watch them. Um, like we, like Fold says, we we all love Rob and he's done an incredible job. We're all delighted for him. And and like I said, it's just it, it's the reason why we love football. It's the it's the dream dreams come true. Um, it's the magic of football and and Luton Town are living that dream. And Wolves can live their dream again, Lee Naylor. Of course, of course, why not? That's what it's all about. Believing, getting the right mix, getting that mentality back into that dressing room. Who knows? Thanks for listening to the all-new Wolves Weekly from Wolves Radio. Don't forget to give us a follow at Wolves across social media. And all the very latest is at wolves.co.uk or on the move via the Wolves app.